So you might notice I have a little bit of a limp. The uh, seminarians were in town and they wanted to take their vocation director to play some hockey. And that was a terrible idea. <clears throat> but it was, a lot, it was a lot of fun. If I were to ask you, what is the greatest task or the greatest responsibility in this world for us humans? How would you answer that? What is the greatest task or the greatest responsibility? Serve God. What's that? Serve God. Serve God. That's a good one. I think there's, a, there's an even bigger one that would tie in with that. Be with God. Kind of the same. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is huge for sure. If you asked me, I was thinking about this. I think it's raising a child. And, and I think that we, we have really downplayed what it means to be a, mo- a mother or a father. Like, somehow that's sort of second rate. That why, would, why would you do that when I can work on my career? When I can get, make more money? When I can have more things? When I can vacation the whole world? Why would I want to be a mom or a dad? <clears throat> and today on the Feast of the Holy Family, we also have a baptism... I want to talk about raising children and how to do that correctly and using the Holy Family as our guide because society, if you want to change society, you got to change the the way we raise children because society is just a huge conglomeration of children. Some are older, some are tiny, but we have all been a child and we have all been formed in certain ways. And the Holy Family, I think, gives us some beautiful ways to form our children and I think maybe it might be in your own heart that, that, that the Holy Family somehow had it easy. Right? I mean, two of them didn't even have sin. How hard could that have been being in that family? And, and contrary to what most wives would think, that family is the only family in which the man was always wrong. <laughs> because, because Joseph had to be like, hey, something's wrong. Can't be them. So I had to have done something. I don't know what I did, but I did something. But the Holy Family struggled just like any marriage. Think about it. They had to struggle with infidelity. I mean, Joseph had to make a giant leap of faith to really believe that what was going on was from God. I mean, think about that. Trust issues. Oh my gosh. Did they, did they struggle with trust? Yes. With one another? Yes. Of, of, of what God was asking them? Have you looked at their life, what they had to do? It was crazy. They had struggles, I'm sure, probably with intimacy. There was no conjugal love between Mary and Joseph. They had struggles with unemployment. Joseph had a great shop. He had to go all the way to Egypt. Egypt, What's in Egypt? Nothing. He has no job. He has no family except Jesus and Mary. He has no relatives. He doesn't even speak the language. Or how about failure? They failed. Where did they fail? They were entrusted with one job. Joseph is often called the guardian of the redeemer. One job. Take care of Jesus. What did they do? They lost him. They lost him for three days. Imagine any of you that are parents. You lose your child for three days in like something like New York City. 
you imagine the anguish that went through their hearts? So they weren't any different from us. In fact, the only thing that probably made them different is what they built their family upon. And for the Holy Family, the one thing that they built their family upon was God and God alone. So based on their, how they lived, I want to give you four things to help you have a God-centered family. Some of you, I realize you have little children, this is going to be immensely helpful to you. Some of you have older children, it's going to be sort of helpful to you. Some of you don't have any children whatsoever, or they're growing up and gone away, it's still going to be helpful to you. So number one, teach your children how to pray. Teach them how to pray. Mary and Joseph taught Jesus how to pray. We know this. They were faithful Jews. They went to the synagogue. They prayed the Psalms. They told Jesus the great stories of the Exodus and the Passover and Noah and the Ark. Have you told your children these stories? John Paul II prayed a prayer to the Holy Spirit every single day of his life. And I think it's in Witness to Hope, the autobiography on him. They said to him, why do you pray this prayer every single day? And he said, because it's the first prayer that my father taught me. It's powerful praying with your kids. I remember I went down to, I was down in Omaha at this church. Uh, it's called St. John's. It's on the campus of Creighton in, uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. And I had one of my past students was down there with his wife and their little, their little kid. And they were having some, some medical issues. And he called me and said, hey, do you have, because we were down there at the same time. He said, do you know where a mass is? And I'm like, absolutely. Come to St. John's. I just didn't, I forgot to tell him that all that was going to be there were seminarians and priests. So you have this dad with his little toddler, right? And seminarians and priests packed the church. And he sat right in the front row. And the whole mass, he was holding his kid and he was pointing out things. He was pointing at me. He was helping his kid make the sign of the cross. When they were kneeling, it was hilarious. They had, you know, folded hands kneeling for the Eucharist. And the the kid was so small, he just disappeared behind the pew. So all you saw was like these hands above Then at at communion, he just held his son. It was one of the most beautiful things I've seen. You teach your kid to pray like that, they will love their faith, I promise you. You can teach your child the sign of the cross. The first, usually the first prayer that a child learns is the sign of the cross, and you don't probably know this, but I do, because I sit at the bedsides of hundreds of people who are dying, and 99% of the time, the last thing they do if they're conscious Conscious, before they die, is make the sign of the cross. First thing they learned when they came into this world, last thing that leads them out of this world. Pray with your children. Number two, the power of a father's blessing. This could be weird for some of you, and I don't care. It's time to get weird. It's fine being weird. We're Catholic. We're weird already. Okay? What I mean by this is in the ancient Jewish world, Joseph, we know Joseph would have give, given his fatherly blessing to Jesus. In the ancient Jewish world, the father was like the priest of the family. You can bless your children, dads. And it's a powerful thing to do. And it doesn't have to be weird. It can be simple. You can walk in, and kids love this already. You just soak them with holy water. They love it. You just smash holy water all over them. And then you bless them on the forehead. You can do that, Dad. It's a powerful thing. I, there's a family that I, I know, and I go over to their house, and we have supper, and then we usually play football in the living room and break stuff, and kids cry, and it's a blast. And at the end of the night, we all go up, the whole family and me, we go up to their room, we kneel down, and the dad leads them in prayer. 
And he says, what are you grateful for? Who do you want to pray for? And each of the kids said, and the best is the youngest, Vinny. He always, you get to him and he's like, what do you want to pray for, Vinny? And he's like, I want, for like five minutes. He's like, I just pray for, the, for cows and the horses and the giraffes and tigers. And, and he just keeps going, you know. And his dad's like, hey, way to go, buddy. You, know, you can cut her off now. And then he sprinkles them with holy water, blesses them on the forehead, and they all go, we say, in our Father, Hail Mary, glory be, they go to bed. That's it, you guys. It's simple. Simple stuff. Never underestimate the power of a Father's blessing. Third, be an example of a Christ-centered life. And we can all do this. Because I see this way too often in faith formation. Kid is dropped off. I talk to them and say, what, you know, do you pray as a family? Do you go to Mass? No, we don't do any of those things. My, my parents don't go to Mass. Why, why, are you, why bring them? In fact, that, that could be worse for the child because it's showing them that the faith is actually a burden. And there's just a few hoops you got to jump through, get confirmed, and we're checking out. Because we were never really checked in. Kids, see if this is a burden to you. If you're leaving early from Mass, they know it. They see it's a joke. They don't see it impacting your life. Why would they want it to impact their life? But if you do live it, and you live it well, beautiful, beautiful things can happen. I want to tell you a story about a woman that lived it very well. Her name is Mabel. She lived in South Africa with her husband, who was a banker from England. And he was running the branches in South Africa. They had two boys that were rather sickly. And so Mabel went back to England to make sure that the, kid, the children were taken care of. Two months later, her husband died in South Africa. She was left destitute, poor, no income. She moved in with her family. Her family was all Protestant. She, was in, she had been this whole time falling in love with the Catholic faith. She eventually converted to the Catholic faith. Her, her family so violently reacted that they kicked her out of the house. So here's a woman with two boys. No income. No husband. No shelter. She worked three or four jobs to provide for those children. She taught them their faith and she homeschooled them. At the age of 34, she was suffering from diabetes and she knew she didn't have long, so she dropped these two boys off at a monastery and trusted them to the care of the priest and said, you make sure that these men grow up to be good Catholic men. At the age of 34, Mabel died alone in a small cottage in England. One of her sons you probably don't know, but the other one I'm pretty sure you do. His name is J.R.R. Tolkien, the masterpiece writer of The Lord of the Rings. He said this, listen to this about his mom. My own dear mother was a martyr indeed. And it is not to everybody that God grants so easy a way to his gifts as he did to my brother and I. He gave us a mother who killed herself with labor and trouble to ensure us keeping the faith. It's the small stuff. Then instills grace into the hearts of a child. Fourth and final, pray for your children. We can all do this. Children, grandchildren, pray for them. Never, ever give up hope. I don't care how far away they are. I'm a living testament to this. My mom prayed for her two loser sons for like 25 years, as did my dad. They never gave up hope. She prayed, she fasted, she offered communions for me, masses. I'd get home at 2 a.m. after being out all night with my buddies. There was mom on the living room couch, rolling the beads, making me feel terrible. (laughs) 
I don't know if you know the story of Augustine and St. Augustine and his mother Monica. All she wanted was Augustine to be a Christian. And he was a bad man. He wasn't a good man. And she was in the cathedral at Milan and she was crying, weeping for her son. And Ambrose, the bishop, came up and said, why are you weeping? And she said, all I want is my son to be a Christian. And he's so far away from the faith. And Ambrose traditionally said, it is inconceivable that the child of so many tears would ever be lost. Augustine came, became one of the greatest saints in the Catholic Church. Why? Because his mom never gave up on him. When is the last time you wept for your child's eternal destiny? When is the last time you fasted for your child or offered Holy Communion for them? We need to stop messing around with this life. It's too short. We need to start getting serious about our families and how we raise our children. May we take the guide of the Holy Family and never give up. No matter how bad it got, the Holy Family never gave up. Their whole family was built on the virtue of faith and hope. No matter how far your children may fall, no matter what struggle you're going through in your family, never, ever give up. We can't give up. God never gave up on us. How can we give up on each other? Teach your children to pray. Bless them often. Live a Christ-centered life. And above all, Pray for your children. May God bless you on this feast of the Holy Family. And may you love your families and raise them well.